to make wise insurance choices. Look for links below for dsuparent.com slash insurance. And with that, let's get on to today's podcast. You're going to hear 10 things to stop doing if you want to become better financially and if you want to reach financial freedom. And let's start with the most impactful one. And that's actually you stop looking down on others who earn less. Now, you know, we've all heard of stories of people who treat waitresses badly, who treat cleaners badly and treat overseas hotel staff badly when they travel. I think this reeks of their attitude and it also shows that these people do not understand money. Money is just a tool. It doesn't matter if you have more, if you have less. What matters is that you have enough because financial freedom is just a time where you have the chance to do what you like and it's a time actually to help others. The second thing is to stop thinking more income is what you need. Some of you may need this actually because if you look back at our journey, your income has risen but your expenses have also risen. More money is made but there are still other financial problems because there's new car, there's new house, there's new maid. If expenses go up with income, then net net there's still very little safe. As the saying goes, a dollar earned is a dollar safe. If you earn $5,000 now and spend $4,900, you only save $100. If you get to $10,000 income and you spend $9,900, you also still have $100 left. More income may not always save the situation because a lot of times it's based on what you choose to spend your monies on. And the important part to take note of is your income will also not rise indefinitely. Studies have shown that your income will likely peak in your 40s. If you keep playing this dangerous game of stepping up your expenses and hoping for more income to solve it, you might run into trouble someday. The third thing is to stop lending your friend money. The hard truth first. When you lend a friend money when he or she is in need, it's actually a bottomless pit. Why do we say so? Because if you think about it, the person borrowing this money, when they come to you as a friend, maybe you're not even that close actually, is because he or she has actually exhausted all the available means from family already. Coming to you is almost last resort. I also understand, when a friend asks for a loan, it's very hard to say no, especially if it's just $1,000. It doesn't really impact your life that much. Or maybe even only $500. You can afford it. And you avoid saying no because you want to keep that friendship. But really, if you think about it, this money going out is not likely going to come back. And more importantly, it's not going to help your friend that much actually. Because quite simply, there are underlying root causes that need to be solved. Lending money is just putting plaster over that problem at your expense. If you agree with this message and it resonates with you, smash the like button so that we can reach a bigger audience together. And if you have a personal situation to share, leave in the comment sections. We'll be all keen to hear another side of a story. The fourth thing is to stop buying unnecessary insurance plans. I work in the financial services industry. I can safely say that this impacts many more families than what we imagine. If you are affected, you actually think back on how you actually made these purchases. Maybe you went to a bank and then over there they threw a promotion whereby you buy this $2,500 per month endowment plan and you get a special fixed deposit. These are actually bundled in to attract your monies and the actual rate of return is actually not that good. Not just that, there's actually a big commitment of your cash flow. $2,500 a month doesn't seem a lot. But if you think about it, there's $30,000 a year committed. And if it's a 10-year plan, you may see a lot of your cash flow getting stuck. I've also seen many private clients buy on excessive number of endowment plans and investment-linked plans, while at the same time, not having much critical illness coverage. 
each situation is different and you need to understand how insurance actually benefits you. Look for links below for dsuparent.com slash insurance. Let me know. I can help you address if you do indeed have enough or over coverage in your insurance portfolio. I can also help you if you have so far unable to build up a retirement portfolio because again, your working life is finite. Let's move on to the investment front. Where the fifth thing to note is you need to stop looking for quick investment tips. Nowadays, there are so many short-form investment content on YouTube Shorts, on TikTok, on IG Reels. A lot of time, we need to understand that half information is as bad as no information because it leads you to jump to conclusions too easily. Many a times, you also see advertisements that give you shortcut to investing. Oh, you don't need to spend hours doing research, reading reports. Oh, you don't need to look at charts anymore. This AI software can help you determine what is a buy and what is a sell right away. Let me clear the air. These things do not benefit you. The only shortcut that is possibly out there is just to buy investments broad-based for a diversified long-term approach. In that case, you just dollar cost average blindly and don't care whether the market goes up or down. You really don't need too much research. The sixth thing is to stop over-trading. Nowadays, with so many discount brokerages, pressing a button and getting a trade-in is so easy. The commission charges are very little nowadays. Do take note again, that does not really help you in your investment performance. Let me pull back up the common wisdom. It's timing the market, not timing the market. If you miss the best performing days, you would realize that you underperformed someone who just simply stayed the course in terms of investments. Getting in and out may look very fun, but actually does not help you in your investment success. The seventh thing is to stop thinking price equals to quality for everything. A branded bag, a branded car, they may seem better in quality. That is usually the case, but that's just a small part of what they are selling. What you're unconsciously overpaying is actually the intangible aspect that these brands provide. That classy feeling and that pride when you use that brand. At this moment, I also like to say, I'm not a fan of buying lousy quality stuff anymore especially those that endanger your safety, endanger your health, and cost you a lot of time to replace because they have simply no durability. There is a fine line for good enough quality. This leads to a point on using house brands. Channel News Asia has actually done a documentary before. House brands promise same quality at slightly cheaper prices. But while they are lighter on the wallet, are they skimping on quality? In that finding, you realize that indeed, the quality is slightly inferior. The misconception is that this difference is big. It actually isn't. Most of the time, house brand quality is good enough. The eighth thing is to stop impressing others with money. There's this common saying, keeping up with the Jonases. And that actually relates to buying branded and living up that life. A lot of times, spending choice is determined because we want to show others what we can afford. It relates a lot to getting validation. And especially if you're a young working adult, first time handling a paycheck, I think this portion really helps you. When we give ang paus, where we choose where our kids go, a lot of times our emotions are driven by the desire to spend to impress others. Take it from Uncle Josh, it's not worth to go on that path. The ninth thing is to stop thinking paying a bit extra is actually okay. How many times have we gone into a store Looking to buy an item, and in the end got upsold because of a discount bundle. How many times have we gone to a checkout machine and saw extra chips, extra batteries, or discounted carton of beer and added into that shopping cart? Even McDonald's runs that. If you do the checkout at McDonald's kiosk, you would realize that they'll call you to buy extra McWings or extra Sunday. 
and all this can be embedded into the checkout machine itself. That's the thing to keep at heart. How you do anything is how you do everything. If we relate that to finance, how you spend on something is how you spend on everything. If you are loose in terms of your change, you realize that you inflate every single item that you are purchasing. That's why also when I look at private clients' overall finances, I've seen sometimes that they are high income earners but they're actually not saving much. And in those situations, there isn't like a 20,000 holiday to Disneyland trip that can be cancelled away. But rather, there are a lot of few hundred dollar items here and there that are very easily justifiable that really impacts the overall finances. The 10th thing to note is to stop thinking another loan is actually okay. It's not. Quite plain and simple. Loans are actually chains to tie you away and hold you back to financial freedom. Loans can come in car loans, student loans, housing loans, and buy now later programs. I'll touch on it in a quick while. One loan, you can easily break free from it. Three loans, you'll start to see your finances getting tight. But the fifth loan, good luck. You realize that you are in this perpetual fear that you don't have enough money. Loans are actually making you work in future to pay for a purchase today. Sounds very crude, correct? That is very anti-financial freedom. And if you agree, smash the like button and press on subscribe because on this channel, I like to share what needs to be done to help you in your financial journey through investments, through retirement planning, through talking about case studies on finances candidly so that you can learn and quietly adjust back at your own home. And if you can't remember anything from this entire list today, maybe just remember this last one. To get to financial freedom earlier, you need to manage debt. If not, steer clear of debt. I believe that's one of the most important pillars and that's why I'd like to invite you to actually watch this previous tutorial I've done before that touches on buy now pay later program. In that, I've left a constructive critique and hopefully it can also help you in your financial journey. Without a sign up from here, take note of today's 10 things to stop doing and I'll see you again in the next video. Take care as always. Goodbye.